real quick, I forgot what the theme of tonight's episode was. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for the Pie Factory Podcast. Oops. Uh-oh. Oh, well, that sucks. Yes. There's a YouTube channel I watch called Hiking with Sean. He hikes down in Illinois' uh, Shawnee Forest. Uh, I love so his Sean videos. and Shawnee. Yeah, and uh, whenever he sees a bluff, he goes, oh, lots of great bluffage down here. <laughs> I just love it. It's hilarious. It's hilarious. Yeah. I love people that can invent their own words like Flurzelquerp. Yeah. So, gosh. If you uh, listeners are very nice, we might tell you the origin of that one if we haven't already. Well, I think you'll we probably tell have. Because I, yeah. I, I don't That's really, right. You weren't there. Bob was I there. Was, I was not there. That's no, right. I'm, Bob I, I've only, I heard it once years ago, but that's it. Hi, everybody. Hi, Welcome everybody. Another episode of pie factory podcast i hope you enjoyed podcast. number 100 we had a great time we, with we all did of our that was, that was a lot that of was fun. fun we need to do that again yeah that was really fun but uh uh once again from the irradiated wastelands uh just outside morris illinois this is jimmy g and i'm too high to get over too low to get under i'm stuck in the middle and the pain is shine okay i'm trying to remember what song that was oh for pete's sake I'm not oh, telling boy. you. I'm just gonna I, let. I, I'm gonna let you lose sleep over this one. Nah, I could Google it, but I'm not gonna do it right now because that would make an annoying keyboard sound on my computer. But so now I'm trying. Yeah. To, now that lyrics going through my head because I know the tune. <laughs> oh, that's Michael Jackson. Um, um, uh, you wanna be starting something? Okay, that's right. Start of the. All right. Okay, we got it. Uh, but we did Moonwalker a long time ago. And, and as man, as that just no, kills. No when, when you have Jackson to explain case. a reference, that just kills everything right there. Yeah, so I know. Already, this episode's down the toilet. What a way to start the next hundred episodes! Or wow. So. Yeah. So. So hey, Sean. Hey, Jim. Hey, have you been playing anything? Um, honestly, hardly anything at all. Just uh, what, what we're. Uh, and not even both games that we're talking about tonight lately, honestly. So, yeah, my gaming has been severely down. Uh, that is going to change, though, oh. because uh, Friday the um, 13th? 13th of September Do you um, remember? is Underground Retrocade's uh, big anniversary yeehaw. Oh, I'm going to go to yes. that. That's uh, what, the 7th anniversary? It's. I think it's the 7th anniversary of its existence. I don't know... If the actual opening date is known, but what is known is that September 13th, the following year, is when Underground Retrocade reopened at its current location. Right, because of the of a flood. Yeah, there was, yeah the old yeah. location got flooded. They moved effectively from East Dundee to West Dundee. Well, yeah, that's exactly what happened. They crossed the street and they crossed the river. Yep. I, I gotta say, I really did love the homey. You, I don't think you were ever there, but I do. Not I, I love the homey feel of uh, the previous location. Mm-hmm. I mean, don't get me wrong, the current location is much better. Oh, I love the current it, location. Yeah. But I, 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 there was just something that felt very homey about the, the other location. Um, Imagine what would happen if he could open up that basement floor of his current location. Mm. I mean, that would effectively add one third more space to his place. He could put more games in there. Now, the question is, does he want to? That's another well, thing. Well, he has to remodel the bathrooms, from what I understand, to ah. be able to do that. 
But that would be a great party room area. Oh yeah, actually. yeah. Instead of that room he's got upstairs. Um, yeah, he the could, room he's got upstairs is fine. Oh, I know, but I'm just saying he could hold larger events down there too. Sure, That's all. sure. So yeah, if we wanted the, to have like a, if somebody wanted to have like a little gaming show or or like you know expo or whatever he could have it in that lower level easily thanks to my company's new half day friday policy assuming i can get all my 40 hours in by say one o'clock friday which i can i get to come home early so i i could just take off as soon as the wife gets home nice and i got her blessing for this on the condition that i stop at meyer and pick up some sweet leaf tea for her because she we can't get that anywhere but meyer all of a sudden and there are no meyer stores in the city there isn't, is there? No. That's weird for a Michigan company when you got Target, a Minneapolis company in the city. Oh, yeah. Arkansas we, company in the city. Our Target's walking distance. I've actually walked yeah. there before. Well, everything's a walking distance if you have the will. Well, yeah, that's very true. But So you might be wondering what I've been playing. No. Oh. Okay. I wasn't wondering in the slightest. Oh, all right. It's all about me. Okay. That's fine. If you want to be that way. But in case our listeners are interested, I've been actually, um, I've played a little bit of the games that we've played. Listeners, that's a good one. <laughs> uh, listener. Well, well, actually, technically, we do have li- at least two listeners, you and me, because we have to listen to each other. Yeah. And well, even and that's doubtful too, sometimes. because he has oh, to. Oh, that's true. That's he, three. So we got a minimum of three. Yeah. The Patreon, the, uh, the Patreons might just be giving us money. They might be giving us money to make us shut up. That could maybe, be it. Yeah. Maybe so if you, you want us to shut up, patreon.com slash buy factory podcast. And tell us to shut up in your, in your, in your donation. Indeed. Yeah. Um, it have to be a rather large donation though. But as far as what I've been playing, um, I was looking in the store on uh, steampowered.com, which that's the, for the steam online distribution engine by valve software. And I came up with an interesting little bit of uh, news here about a game coming out. Do tell. uh, SpongeBob SquarePants, Battle for Bikini Bottom, Rehydrated. And when we had a GameCube years ago, uh, we had the SpongeBob SquarePants, Battle for Bikini Bottom game. And I remember it being a lot of fun. It was one of my favorite games on the GameCube. It was really well done. Uh, The only real problem is you had to keep maneuvering the camera around because it didn't really follow you that well. But... Other than that, I mean, jumps were easy to make, and mm-hmm. it had all of the humor of the TV sh- of the cartoon, and um, it was just really, really fun. So that's coming out. Uh, that's get, it's not yet available, and there's no release date yet. The release date is when I'm ready. Yeah. <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready. Um, there's no price release yet, but I think it's going to be like 20 bucks, but I don't want to wait. So I actually got a GameCube emulator, which actually works really, really well. The Dolphin GameCube emulator. It's also a Wii emulator, if you can believe that. I haven't tried any Wii games on it, but, uh, Wii, Wii, uh, you know what sound an ambulance makes? Wii, Wii, uh, Eric. Sure. So the, that is the Facebook meme corner of the episode of the show. I, you can cut that out. Yeah, that's actually, I agree with him on that one. But so I was been playing the original SpongeBob SquarePants Battle for Bikini Bottom on the GameCube, and um, I'm playing through it again. And I said, I remember it being a fun game, and I'm playing through it again, and I'm like, yes. In fact, I think this is more fun than I remember it being. So I'm playing through it, and I'm like 65% through. I've been playing it for about a week and a half. And um, it's a great game. If you can, uh, if you can pick it up, uh, by all means, do it. I am definitely going to spend the money on the rehydrated 
uh, it's, instead of remastered, rehydrated version of it. Looks like the graphics are a hell of a lot better. And um, yeah, it's a it's a great game. If you can find it, pick it up. There have been a lot of games like on Nickelodeon licensed uh, properties and that, but I think this is the best out of all of those games I've played, and I've played played uh, quite a few of them. So definitely check it out. It's a great game, and um, when the rehydrated comes out, throw a few bucks their way and purchase it, and uh, you will thank me. Just make sure you got a good uh, a good com- controller with um, with analog stick or with you know the little analog thumbsticks on it because there's because the way you move is directly or the speed you move is directly influenced by how far you push on the thumbstick the little bit you get to creep around and you walk on your tippy toes and it makes that little cartoon tippy toe sound oh, yeah. noise uh it's awesome so that's all i'm gonna say about that so that's what i've been playing i've been playing games here and there on my uh on my atari 8 bit i haven't really been playing anything steadily but i've been looking for some good um roguelike games i've been playing a little bit of the temple slash gateway to Apshai series and i kind of want more of a straight up uh like i was saying rogue type game on there but i know it's on there but i don't really feel like sitting in front of the keyboard so if you got uh, any suggestions for ones that are controlled by the joystick uh write us and uh let me know because i kind of like those games i was a huge uh, fan of one called ang band a while back which was like rogue on steroids and then uh, there was Zang Band, which was like a hack of that. And uh, I can't remember all of them, but um, yeah. Minds of Moria, I believe, is the one that's like started that whole thing. They're, they're really, these games are kind of like precursors to Gauntlet in a way. Um, oh, really? Uh, you could consider Dandy, I think, is was really kind of a simplified roguelike game, yeah, I would think. I believe you've uh, mentioned that before. I may have mentioned that, that, that particular thing. Indeed. Uh, again... I will say if you do have an emulator or have, an, have a PC or whatever, uh, do play Dandy on the Atari 8-bits. It's a great game. Yeah, emulate so. it if you have the original, of course. Oh, we, of course. We do not, because, you know. Because those floppy disks do retain the uh, the code because yes, they are very stable. Well, yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. So that's what I've been playing. Yeah. So. Um, but yeah, other than that, I haven't really been playing anything. Um, another thing that I will be doing that will involve playing video games, I'm doing the Extra Life thingy again this year. Oh, do and tell. It's, it's do to tell. raise money for um, Children's uh, children's Miracle Network. Miracle, children, yes, Children's Miracle Network, and I'm specifically raising money for Lurie Children's Hospital in Chicago. Yeah. Basically, I play video games for 24 hours, but I'm not going to do it for 24 contiguous hours. I'm going to split it up over a couple of days. Um, that's going to be the first weekend of November, I believe, but uh, I'm pleading for donations to help out uh, the children's, as it were. Uh, you could go the to piefactorypodcast.com slash extra life for that. So, yeah, because I figured I better start warning now, considering that we now do tri-weekly episodes instead of bi-weekly. Yes. We yes. tried weekly episodes before, <laughs> and oh, man. Is this thing on? Yeah, it is. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I was I was just looking for an email. Okay, here we are. Oh yeah, we got so, lots of responses of from a lot of things that I don't remember what. But um, I I know of one email, but uh, I do want to say this. Um, as far as the uh, that uh, twenty four hour gaming marathon you're doing, I would love to do that, but I do know for a fact that if I was attempt something like that, I would get in lots of trouble for my wife and my mother in law, especially the mother in law. You're playing games that's lazy, lazy. 
It doesn't matter if I, it's raising money for... Oh, yeah, of course not. Yeah. If I did it, I would probably try to do... I would do it for uh, probably... Is it a select list of charities you can do it for? It's specifically for it's Children's a, Miracle okay. Network, and you have All right, to choose a hospital. So that I couldn't hospital. do it for, say, uh, probably couldn't do it for uh, Shriners Children's Hospital. That was going to be my first choice, but they're not on the list. Okay. Yeah, they're in, uh, well, they're in Chicago, but they're on Oak yeah. Park Avenue. Yeah, my son's gone there a few times. Uh, the uh, M&M Mars uh, Chocolate Factory, they got a chocolate factory on the same street, just a couple blocks down. And I understand at uh, Halloween time, you can take your kids to the factory and you'll get a whole hell of a lot of chocolate, mm. uh, chocolate bars and stuff. So if you're in the Chicago area and you want to do that, uh, by all means do it. And I say supposedly, even though I know for a fact there's a guy at work who uh, takes his son there all the time, and he's always come back with like huge bags of leftover chocolate that they can't possibly uh. eat. So uh, definitely do that for your kids. Your kids will like it. You'll like it more. So at any rate, that's all I've got to say about... Oh gosh, I was going to repeat a Forrest Gump line and I'm not going to do it. That's it for that. So, um... You ain't got no legs, Lieutenant Dan. Was that the one? Uh, actually, it was Lieutenant Dan Ice Cream. So... A former boss of mine. That was just, I think that's his favorite line from any movie. Really? Yep. <laughs> My favorite line from any movie is, um, is from, of course, from Tremors. Of course. Uh, we plan ahead. That way we don't do anything right now. Earl explained it to me. <laughs> I love that one. That's my so, life philosophy, basically. Yeah, my life philosophy is be excellent to each other, even though I felt that. But we all felt so. That's I'm not feeling too bad about that. So uh, do we have? Do we have? What do we have for in the way of updates? We, I know we've got an email from Eugenio. Yeah, but and, uh, it talks about the games we're talking about. So maybe yeah. we should wait to wait to, to read that one. Yeah, I I, I do done agree with that. Uh, um, but you said we have other th- updates. Well, I don't know if so much about updates. I, well, I don't think we have any addenda in errata, do we? I don't think so. I don't know. Well, we may have. This might count as addenda. Um, hi, just put the put the uh, love theme here. Yeah, it's been a while since we've heard it. Yeah, for old times' sake. This might be something we want to address. A couple of comments from episode ninety nine by uh, Robert McNally Rafferty, who was just playing C and D Cloak and Dagger at Fun Spot. Good game, but they need to adjust the monitor. Blue the blue color gun is very dim compared to the red and green, so the colors are off. Haven't seen a blaster since the 80s, but I remember giving it a try and deciding it was not a great game. And I, I think the whole the, the color problem is just, I mean, th- these games are like decades old, so that's that's going to happen. And you know. Yeah, I remember we were talking to uh, one of the guys at um, Galloping Ghost, at least I was, about uh, what was the game? Star Rider. And I was t- mentioning about how the colors, I don't remember the colors looking like that. And he goes, yeah, these are old, this is an old machine and it's really difficult to get uh, this particular machine, the colors yeah. right on it for some reason. And, and you know, unfortunately, that's, that was, as we say before, unfortunately, that is the nature of the beast. Yeah. You know, what really frightens me though is. Me? Po- I'm not afraid of you. My odor? I eat guys like you in my stool or something. I don't know. Yes, your honor. But anyway. Anyway. Uh, what I'm really afraid of is like Atari games, Atari arcade games. Like if the if the pokey chips blow, yeah, those are getting hard to come. There is a uh, pokey clone that is currently being made. Pokey one, pokey one, At, yes. It's mostly for the sound. So if you have an Atari eight bit computer and your pokey chip blows, it won't work on it because it only has the sound um, 
functions in it. And because of that, it actually won't work in the 5200 either because the 5200 huh. controller's pull, P-O-L-L, the, um, the way I understand it, the analog uh, functions of it that uh, that the joysticks require. So right now, it only works with arcade games and the 7800. In fact, I was just reading that thread recently, and um, they actually got it to work with the ball blazer. Oh, awesome. Um, I thought they were making a newer updated version of it now that may or oh, may not. they're still working work. on it. They're still working on it. It's, okay. it's still a work in progress, but this is what they have for now. And let me. I'm going to pull up that thread right now. And uh, Oh, no, it's Donkey Kong PK works with it, and it fits in the case. Uh, it fits in the cartridge shell with plenty of breathing room, according to oh, Tep392, yeah, right. the guy who created the uh, Donkey Kong PK, who's... Yeah. Lives a hundred short miles from me, actually. Yeah, that's right. He he's like down down south. Yeah. So yeah, so the Pokey One's coming along. So that will hopefully, hopefully help uh, help out in the long run. Although yeah, if forty bucks, the fifty two hundred requires the analog function. I imagine you couldn't use the Pokey on say any of the Star Wars arcade games. You'd have to uh, use or the Pokey One won't work. The po- you'd have to get still get a Pokey for that. So that's yeah. there's still still some concern, but there's a there is a solution in the offing. And, uh, oh, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, oh, go, go, ahead. Ahead. go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no. You, you go ahead. I okay. think this is more important. So, yeah, he was continuing. He says a couple comments regarding conversions. Number one, agreements between companies? Not likely. Arcade Ops owned the cabs. They could put what they wanted in there. Do you think Tecmo had an agreement with Williams so arcades could put Silkworm and Defender cabs? That's a good point. Hmm. Hardware. That's Very so smart of Atari to make the cloak and dagger kits for Williams cabinets. It would be silly of them to change an Atari game like Dig Dug when they could supplant another company's game. Oh, good point. Excellent point. There were 75,000 defenders out there that by 1983 were not getting much use. Also, the circuitry retained from Defender for cloak and dagger was the soundboard, and that was only used for audio amplification. It was an Atari game running in a wooden box with a TV that was originally manufactured for somebody else. I never thought of that, but that's an excellent point. Yep. I never thought of it as a way to uh, obliterate the competition, but I guess that's kind of what they were trying. Yeah, sounds like it. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. So is that all you have there? That, that, that's all I have there. What do you have there? Well, I just wanted to say, um, and while I'm thinking of it here, uh, we still have, we have about 60 of the uh, Twin Galaxies um, Pie Factory podcast trading cards here. I don't have uh, a single one of them. Uh, you, but you will have after this weekend. Um, and um, what, we'll, what we'll do is, uh, if you would like a, like one, message us, and we'll, uh, we'll try to get one out to you. And uh, we will start from there. And as far as what to do with the other ones, I'm still up in the air about. Trade them, they're trading cards. Well, I know we're going to get, we, we'll, we'll, Sean and I will probably each keep a couple for ourselves. Stick and a couple in your bike spokes. I know we'll probably give them out to some of our friends that we've met in the industry, but uh, if you'd like one, uh, let us know. Science and technology. Big Ben putting screwdrivers into things, turning them, and adjusting them. Um, So, yeah, like I said, email us. uh, You can listen for the booth announcer at the end of the episode, and she will let you know how to contact us. Uh, Not over email, she won't. Mm, I, don't th- I don't think she says the email address. We she, have to talk to her about did. that. 
She used to, I think. Oh. Like uh, so what is the what is the email address? Piefactory at fab4it.com is one of them. Yes, and piefactorypodcast at fab4it.com is Fab the other one. Fab4it is spelled F-A-B, F-A-B and then the number, number 4-I-T. Yes. I, I said, hate it when people say fab for it. It's like, no, it's fab for it. Forget it, forget it. Just, I, if you get the address <laughs> right, screw it. That's all I care. <laughs> and yeah, because we, neither one of us could remember which was the correct address. So you know what? Now we have both. You know, yeah, I, I, saw, I saw a meme just today. It was a license plate. It was I, the number, or the letter. It was an I and an S, a heart, and the ED. <laughs> and it's supposed to be, I, yep. uh, it's supposed to be, I loved but it looks like I sharted. <laughs> yep. Oh, no, is loved, but it's is sh- I sharted. So I love that one. So, yeah. yeah, contact us. We'll get you we'll get you one out. Uh, no obligation. But, uh, but and then, uh, uh, if any of our patrons that, by the way, that's uh, would the like the most him, commonly used word in this podcast by both of us. But, but, uh, but uh, I can't believe like it's butta. not but. Uh. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, there we go. Oh, and I before before I forget, and uh, yeah, this is only going to apply during the day that we are recording this. Jim, early happy birthday to you. Why, thank you very much. By the time people hear it, it'll be too late. Yeah. And ever notice that people say, oh, happy belated birthday. The thing is, the birthday is never belated. It always happens on time. Happy belated celebration of your birth. That could be it, too, or belated happy birthday. Or I be late to your birthday. I mean, it's not like Latin where word order doesn't matter. This time, it you know, English word order matters. Yeah, I will be turning 51 on September, Wednesday, September 11th. And interestingly enough, uh, September 10th, my birthday is, is September 10th is uh, National Suicide Prevention Day. And it's interesting how that falls on or near my birthday every mm. year. Hmm. Yeah. So. And I turn 51 in October. In several, uh, several years. years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, F-U. mercy sakes. Oh, by the way, speaking of which, I am 44 years old. I am 44 years old, but I'm getting mails from AARP. I'm asking not me getting mail from AARP. I haven't. And I, and and I got another mail from some bank or something like wanting to discuss my retirement. So it's like, dude, I'm not, Actually, I'm not retiring anytime soon. Actually, probably not a bad idea at your age to start thinking about that if you haven't already. I mean, I've, I have 401k and stuff. I know? do too, and it's not looking good, but yeah. but we'll save that for another time. Yeah. Right, right. We'll, see, we'll so, save that for the f- special finance edition. Yes. <laughs> investment investment tips with Jim, Sean, and Hyde. Yes. You know what? Hyde would probably be a good person to talk he to He probably about would, because I think he actually studied finance for a while. Yeah. Which, you know what? That explains exp- why he wants so much money. Ex- yeah, I was going to say. Huh. Tip number one, screw your employer for more money. Uh, Almost yeah. literally and figuratively. Uh, so, um, yeah, wait his shall we move on? Pfizer. Anyway, yeah. Yeah, let's move on. So, yeah, let's do that. So, uh, we got a couple of games we're going to talk about here today. Really? As per usual. <laughs> Uh, but not as per usual. They're going to be two different games than we've ever talked about. Although when we were going over the list for games we're going to talk about in the future, we kept hitting on games. And we were talking. We've no, we've already talked about that one, haven't we? Well, it's like yeah, yeah I guess we have. Yeah. So uh, this the, is called uh, spread- stalling because neither one of us is ready to talk. Yeah. Well, actually, I've got notes, but the thing is, uh, there's not a whole lot to say about the games tonight. Um, that's it is just true. The, it is true. That's just the nature of the beast. So, uh, do you want to go first, or you want me to go first? Doesn't matter to me. Uh, you know what? Um, I'm going to go first, as sloppy as I'm going to be on this. Yes. Now, those of you who know the games that we're going to be talking about, which is pretty much everybody because it's always in the uh, episode description, uh, 
you probably think you know which game I'm going to talk about. And chances are you're, well, incorrect. Because uh, my focal point is actually going to be head-on two. Head-on two. Uh, Hyde, just put the damn sound in right now. Let's just get our yayas out. Head-on. Apply directly to the forehead. Head-on. Apply directly to the forehead. Head-on. Apply directly to the forehead. And blah, blah, blah. There we apply go. directly to the head. And blah, 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 blah. Scam. Blah, blah, blah. It doesn't work. Okay. But with your permission, Jimmy G, as founder of Pie Factory Podcast and conceiver of Pie Factory Podcast, I would also conceiver. like to discuss head-on. Ooh, please do. And uh, because... Head on two is basically an extended version of head on. Oh, oh, oh! Can I can I make the other obvious joke? What's the other obvious joke? Electric boogaloo. Okay, I'm done. No, no, you may not make that stupid joke. Oh, I still have not seen either of the break-in movies. <laughs> I have I, not. What was it? Uh, Beat Street was my breakdance movie. I think it was sometime in the last year. Maybe it was the year before. Uh, Cinema snob uh, talked about break-in and break-in two. Oh. God, it was great. <laughs> it's one of those, hey, we have to raise money to save the youth club movies. Yeah. So um, anyway, let's uh, get on with uh, stuff. Head get on. on with it. Head yes. on is a, is, head on, bleh, I cannot talk, so I'm going to talk anyway. Head on is a 1979 Sega Gremlin game, specifically April 1979. And uh, those of you who uh, are cross-checking with us at arcadehistory.com, it says... Head on is a two-dimensional maze racing game. No, it's not. There's no it's not a race. It's not a race at all. It's essentially a dot eating game, really. It's an early precursor to Pac-Man. It, it really is. It really is. And uh, it's it, those of you who have who've ever had an Atari 2600, you've probably seen Dodgem. That's essentially what this game is. It's Dodgem. Okay, I got to find what was that one cartridge? Explosive diarrhea. No. Roof pooper? No, it was, um... Oh, oh was it, uh, oh, I say. <laughs> oh, oh that's Dodgem? Yes. Oh, I say! Uh, and head on, uh, it's kind of sort of a maze. It's concentric, broken up rectangles, really, split up into four pieces. There are, let's see, one, two, three, four, five lanes. Your car, it's basically you and what's called a jam car. Your job is to move around the maze counterclockwise and change lanes as necessary. There are dots all over the maze, and you just run over all the dots, and as you run over the dots, they disappear. And okay, you... okay, yes. Yeah, okay, real quick. It is, oh, I say, three video games, Rascals, Bounders, Scallywags, Cads, and Ne'er-Do-Wells. <laughs> but not Gits. Not Gits. And um, by the way, you can see these all on the website, mightygodking.com. Yes. And uh, just search for the It's Effing Checkers. Or just do a Google search for It's Effing Checkers. Or and just Atari. go to piefactorypodcast.com and we'll look for the, the show notes. Yes. Yes. Oh, wow. There's some on here. I forgot that we're on there. Find the koala. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite is It's Effing Checkers. Of oh, course. that's the best one. <laughs> what is it, like 27 no, video games and every one of them is checkers? <laughs> 19 video games and they're all, ser they're all checkers. Seriously, you want this? My favorite is Tim Curry's Magic Board. Hours and hours of Frank and Furter fun. That's Othello. Jeez. <laughs> But, but the, anyway, there was the anyway, these uh, when you run over the, when you run over a dot, it disappears and you get five points. You get uh, 140 dots per maze, which means that you have a possibility of 700 dots per maze. 
Uh, there is a little bit of an exception, though, and that's uh, occasionally the jam car might turn some dots into diamonds, and if you run over those suckers, you get 25 points per diamond. And the jam car is basically going to travel in the opposite direction. It's going to go clockwise, and it's going to try to hit you. Your job is to avoid it, obviously. You start off with one jam car in the first two levels. Uh, the first one is slow. The second one is fast. The third level, you have two slow jam cars. Obvious joke here. And level four, you get two fast jam cars. And level five, you get three slow jam cars. And every level after that, you get three fast jam cars. And something that I noticed, and this is true for both head-on and head-on 2, this is similar with the Pac-Man games that are based off the original Pac-Man machine. Sometimes the jam car will go right over you and you won't, you won't get killed. I, I don't know if that's a bug or if that's a, uh, something that's just a gimme. It's probably a bug. It's probably some kind of collision detection bug, but it happens. Now, the thing is, something that I got really excited about was from previous research, I think I did for another podcast, was learning the whole Sega story, and that Sega originated in Japan, and a problem that Sega had was that in America, there would be knockoffs of Sega's games because arcade operators didn't want to pay for the shipping from all the way to Japan. So there'd be counterfeit versions of Sega games aplenty in America, and Sega was losing money over that. So I thought that maybe Crash, the game Crash, which is huh. the same game as Head On, except it's made by Exidy, I thought maybe that was going to be a knockoff, but no. It turns out that by the time Head On existed, Sega already had established a presence in the United States. So it actually came out in the USA. So I don't, I, I was unable to ascertain how Exidy managed to release Crash. But it's there. It's the same game. The only thing is the sound effects are a little bit different. Uh, and personally, I think they're not as good. I prefer the Sega sound effects much better. Yeah. There was, however, a knockoff of uh, Head On called, uh, well, Head On. And it was made by Sidam, Sidam, S-I-D-A-M. Uh, I don't know much about that company, if anything, at all. And, uh, oh, by the way, ah. uh, in a, this is actually a joystick game, and you use the, the joystick to change lanes, and there's also a button, an accelerate button, so you can speed up. The thing about speeding up is you got to be really careful, because if you're going at full speed, you can only go across one lane. But I think if you're going at normal speed, you can go across three lanes. And uh, the thing about strategies involved with head-on, what you really want to do is time your driving so that you and the jam car are not coming out of the broken part of the maze at the same time because chances are you're going to collide into each other which is not good and if you collide with the jam car before you clear the maze all the dots come back so yeah and it's it's a real drag man it's a real drag but let's move on to head on two head on two now, going on to Head-On 2, Head-On 2 is essentially the same game. It's the same idea. You It's you against the jam cars. There is a difference, though, in that in either side of the screen, there are two additional mm -hmm. lanes that are parallel to the, uh, to the play field. And this is really fascinating. Here's what I learned. In the standalone version of Head-On, 
you go to an arcade machine and it's nothing but head on the extra lanes mm-hmm. are vertical lanes, one pair to the left, one pair to the right. And the version of head on that was paired off in two in one cabinets of which there were a couple of different ones. Head on two was paired with, uh, Oh, what the, it was paired off with deep scan, mm-hmm. um, which was yeah. basically a color version of depth charge. Uh, it was also paired off Oh, with another Sega game. I can't remember what the hell game it was off the top of my head. But in those versions where it's in a two-in-one cabinet, the extra lanes are actually horizontal, and they're on the top and the bottom. It's an extra set of lanes with extra dots that you have to clear, but the whole purpose of the extra lanes is that it allows you to change direction of your car. You can suddenly move to a clockwise direction instead of counterclockwise, which may or may not be a good thing depending on your strategy. So I thought that was really cool. In fact, I've actually seen a head-on tool machine oh, wow. back in the early 80s. And my first thought was, this is Dodgem with extra lanes. And I also noticed back then that in the demo mode, in the attract mode, there were times when the jam car and your player car would cross over each other without either car being harmed. And I thought that was just weird. And uh, here's the thing about uh, another difference between head-on and head-on two. A lot of head-on cabinets tend uh-huh. to be kind of monochrome-ish. Head-on 2 is more colorful. Uh, in fact, head-on 2 kind of looks like Pac-Man because it's got a black background, the maze is blue, and the dots are kind of yellowish. So uh, it's kind of frightening like how similar it is to Pac-Man, and Pac-Man hadn't yet been out yet. Yet? Hadn't yet been out yet, huh? There's a <laughs> premonition of uh, my sign-off for tonight. I don't know. Make of that what you will. There was a bootleg version of Head-On 2 made by a company called RZ Bologna, and it was called Car 2. Car 2. Car 2. Was there a Car 1? That is a wonderful, amazing, mucho question. I really don't know. I really don't know. In fact, let me cheat right now and do some... uh, Could it be like the arcade game Pepper 2, which there was no Pepper 1. The 2 was in reference to the dual nature of the player's character. Ooh. Did we talk about Pepper 2? No, I was going to say, add that to the spreadsheet if it's not already there. Yeah, Yeah. I don't think there was a car game, at least not by RZ Bologna. Yeah, in fact, RZ Bologna only has two games to its name, at least on ArcadeHistory.com. The other one is Invasion, which is a uh, knockoff of Space Invaders. There's a shocker. What? That it's a knockoff of Space Invaders. That's a shock. Probably the most knocked off game in history. Yeah. And here's the thing. This is what makes my job really super easy because I like to report on high scores. I found nothing on Head-On 2. Nothing. The original Head-On, though, it looks like back on New Year's Eve 1983, Chris Ira, A-Y-R-A, scored 305,000 points. And I don't know if there's anything to back that up. That was back way back then. That was likely done live with an eyewitness or something rather than on tape or anything. Cause you know, it just wasn't common back then and 305,000 points. I mean, I don't know. Cause you know how long you, you would have to play to get 300,000 points. Uh, yeah, that's going to be a long time. Yeah. Especially considering the number two record from December 19th, 1982 was 13,605. Wow. Yeah. It's just like when we talked about space invaders, the, People that were getting like, what was it, 10 million points on that game? How long they had to be standing there to yeah. play that damn thing? Yeah. 
I just, I, I'm sorry. As, as much as I would love to have a world record, I don't want one that badly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, yeah, that's why I only play like games that I know it's, it's not going to go on for like hours and hours and hours and hours. Oh, I could have the world record by uh, tea time. I mean, cripes. Crash, however, there is, there is a, let's see, for Crash, Mike Payne, April 1st, 2018, scored 50,320. And I might as well talk about Crash on Orcade.com. This, oh God. Oh man, Chris Plackey scored 782,150 on August 22nd, 2017. This I'm willing to believe quite simply because the rule is if you set an arcade high score at Galloping Ghost, you have to provide video of your gameplay. Yeah. So there's proof of this. In fact, there's a screen, there's a... Uh, there's a screenshot right there. Uh, if I if I'm looking at this thing correctly, which I believe I am. Oh, oh, never mind. The screenshot is just a generic screenshot, so it's not like there. But um, but yeah, seven hundred eighty-two thousand. Chris Plackey, by the way, that's the uh, it says uh, verification by Mark by Mark McCarthy, uh, who's one of the employees at Galloping Ghost. He's the guy with the uh, really long hair and the glasses. Oh, yeah, the the uh, the, the really thin guy. Yep. yep. Okay. Yeah, and Chris Plackey, uh, you may remember, uh, some time ago, made a big deal about how he was going to play every single game. That's, at Gallup that's and how Ghost. I. Yeah, he was doing it for charity a few years ago. Yeah, I think so. Yes, I think so. yes, yes. Yeah. I remember he had, that. And he had some pretty strict rules that he that he set for himself. Like he, yeah, had, he to had to actually play, play. He had to actually play the game. He can't just play one life, purposely kill his lives. And yeah, move on he had to, to actually next. make an effort. Right. He had to play the game to the best of his ability. Yeah. So, uh, Jimmy G, what are your thoughts on Head On 2, Electric Boogaloo? Whoa, you did oh, the joke. Oh, damn it. No, I had to say it. <laughs> well, um, it's Dodgem. And yeah. truth be told, um, I, I I have a soft spot for these games. Uh, it doesn't really? matter. Uh, it doesn't matter which one it is. The exception, Konami did a, a more recent one, like in 1984. I can't remember the title of it off the top of my head, but it had different graphics and it had different uh, mazes and layouts and stuff. I again, I can't remember the name of it. I could look it up if I wanted to, but I really don't want to. But <sighs> I always have a soft spot. The one thing that annoys me about oh, this Circus game, Circus Charlie. Oh, yeah, of course. What? But the one thing that annoys me about this particular game, this particular variant, and why it's knocked down a point for me, is because it's with those uh, with the with the straight up and down paths on the side. This sort of game, the maze is pretty much the same from game to game. The 2600 maze is the same as as, as Crash, as this one, as uh, the first level in that Konami one I was talking about. But Crash 2 has, as I was saying, those on the side, and that just throws off my rhythm a little two? bit. Well, this is the one we're talking about, right? Head, head on, on to. Two. What am I thinking? Head on to. Duh. I yeah. don't think there is a Crash 2. There probably isn't. But yeah, Head on 2 um, has that... And that throws it off. So, I mean, it's fun. It's a fun game. Um, I always come back to these games because I kind of like the strategy on these more than I do most of the Pac-Man games. Uh, because it's, it's well, it's obviously easier to figure out the patterns on these games. But they still, sure. propose, they still pose a challenge. And I like that. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I like this. So, out of, how many continues do you give it? Uh, I'm giving it a three. Like I said, the only reason it's not one higher is because of those the the corridors on the sides of the screen, which kind of throw me off a bit. Hmm. Okay, yeah i I would have to say for me it's also a three, but for diff- for me it's a good three yet rather than a bad three. But 
and this is bad. This is a bad thing to say given like in the context here, but I would rather play dodge them than yeah. any of the head on variants. I would tend to agree. Now I got to, now I got to find out what that, I got to find me, out what Because to me, it's like, okay, I'm playing this on an arcade console. And especially because what, when I play this game, when I play head on two, first of all, it's not actually head on two. It's chase at galloping ghost, which is just head on. Okay. Here we are. Here's the name of the Konami one. It's called fast lane. Fast lane. Okay. Yes. The game is a clone of Sega's head on from 1979 with improved graphics. That's from 1987. Wow. Oh, so, okay. Yeah, it is the game I'm thinking of. Yeah. If you see any of the, if you can find any of the like screenshots, it's, it's the same game. It's just, uh, the mazes are different. Oh, there's a bonus round in that game where you have one of those, like, hit the, uh, use the mallet to hit the, uh, the thing up a pole and ring the bell. Huh. Oh, and it's got power-ups like, uh, Gradius. Yeah, I was gonna say, if it's 1987 and a game with those kind of graphics, there's gotta be some kind of power-ups. Oh, of course. Yeah, I jump, know I've given this a few, uh, I know I've given this a few tries in Maine, but I don't remember much about it. I'm gonna have to try it again. Maybe that's something we could talk about in a future episode. Ooh, in the future. For that is where you and I are going to spend the rest of our lives, whether we want to or not. But all right, uh, Criswell. But yeah, but if I'm if I'm in an arcade and I'm playing a game that's like head on or head on two, I'm just going to be thinking, why am I wasting my time at this arcade right. cabinet, especially at Galloping Ghost, where I have seven hundred plus that's a good games point. to pick from. Yeah, that's a great point. Like, You're going to tend to. My time. I could just do away with those four extra lanes and play dodge them at home. And would you have the same feeling about playing Exidy's Circus versus Circus Atari at home or Super I, Circus Atari? I would so much rather play either Circus Atari or Super Circus Atari Age at home because, I, spoiler alert from when we do this episode, I hate Circus. I ah. hate it so much. Well, there you go. When we talk about it, you'll learn why. And Warlords, same thing? I love Warlords. Either one. Okay. Do I have that on the list? Uh, I don't know, but it I should do, be. I do. Yeah. Oh, Warlords oh, in oh, any oh, flavor oh, oh, is good. Oh, 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 and I've already actually got Warlords paired up with another game. Ooh, yay. So I'll put that in the potential upcoming episode. Yes, you will. Maybe we get to it before Christmas, because before the before recording today, Sean and I were busy uh, thinking up pairings. Oh, were we? Yes, we were. Uh, okay. we, granted, they were... It. Wine and cheese pairings, but we were also mostly, but we were also talking about games to pair as well. It's exactly, 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 sharp. Exactly. Exactly. Thank you. Thank you. So. But yeah. So. Um, that's a great point though. I, yeah, I would probably rather play this at home where you have a, it, you have a little bit more time to, maybe not so much the time, but it's a little bit, it's not as, uh, you want something a little more oomph when you go to the arcade, I guess. Yeah. It's something yeah. A little have more, you ever actually have you ever actually played, actually, let's open it up to any of these head-on or head-on sequels or clones. Have you played any of them at a, in an arcade setting? No. And to be no, honest, okay. I've never seen them in an arcade setting. Well, I can tell you about the first time that I experienced it, but I'm going to save that till later in the Esipode. The Esipode? Yes. Ooh, I wonder why. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. So, um, hey, should we, like... Move on. So that was interesting, Sean. Well, thank you. I thought it was pretty freaking boring myself because, yeah. Don't talk about yourself like that. Let me do that. 
I guess we'll talk I'm about my, the game that I was uh, assigned. Well, I didn't really assign it. I offered to do it because I'm just that kind of a guy. I'm just offering to do offering. it so that you don't have to. Aww. So that you, the people, don't have to. And so uh, I ripping off the and... YouTube channel Wolf Pit, where he keeps telling people that wolf with an e. Oh, and so, I finally started listening to Arcade of a Diary employee. I started uh, Arcade of a Diary. Arcade God. of a Diary employee. <laughs> that would be a podcast I'd listen to. Oh man, so would I. So would I. <laughs> Diary of an Arcade employee. Yes, yes, yeah. Hi, I, actually, I've been Vic listening. To, I, actually, I pretty much mainlined it like last month. I think the episodes are not that long, but uh, it's they're, amazing they're the short. information he packs it's, into it's those. It's not episodes. so much. It's not even really a diary either. No, it, but I like was expecting saying, it to be like, well, here's this jerk that came into the arcade, and it's like Pie Factory podcast. Only he talks about one game per episode. He gets more information in in a shorter amount of time, and it's actually listening listenable. And Vic is very, very, very friendly. He's kind of like the Mister Rogers of the yes, arcade yes, world. Yes. Hi, friends. Vic Sage here. He sounds very non-threatening. It's it's like the opposite of us. He's like a Santa Claus in a way, sort of. If, I don't know if you've ever right. seen a picture of him on his on the uh, Diary of an Arcade Employee podcast Facebook page, but he's he got looks the, like a happy film noir character. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a great way of putting it. But he's also a huge horror movie fan too. He has he was doing another one. I don't know if he still does it because I haven't listened to it in a while. It was um, Saturday Frights, and he was talking about horror films. Wow, and, friends, that was scary. <laughs> Jason sliced and diced him all to hell. <laughs> I I, lo- I love that. He's a great guy. I want to. So I want to. His arcade's in uh, Northwest Arkansas. Arkansas. I want to go out yeah. there sometime. He he actually works at an arcade currently, so yeah. I think that's why they call it that. But. So uh, let's uh, shall we go on to um, the next game, the one that I'm offering to to, to do. That's why. Well, uh, thank you. Are you offering? I'm to... offering. I'm offering to talk about Pac-Man Plus. Oh, go right ahead, please. Why? Thank you very much. Uh, wait, wait. What's it called again? Actually, it is <laughs> called Pac-Man Plus, but uh, it does say on the marquee, "Exciting New Pac-Man Plus." But on the, uh, I believe on the in the attract mode, it just says Pac-Man Plus. I could be wrong on that. Pac-Man Plus, a 1982 game from Bally Midway. It is not a sequel to Pac-Man, but it is a enhancements kit, I guess. Is that what you call it? Uh, it's a hack, but it's not really a hack. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's an official sure. fact. It's an quote-unquote official factory. I, I have my own opinion on that, but I, I do Well, tell, we can get please. to that. But, yeah. uh, and it, it basically plays the same as a Pac-Man, uh, as any of the Pac-Man games, where you got Pac-Man in the middle of the maze, in the maze, and you're eating the dots, avoiding the ghosts, eat the power pellets, eat the ghosts. They clear the maze, move on to the next one, boom, done. Uh, however, there's quite a few differences in this one even though it plays basically the same. First of all, the maze is now kind of a bluish green or a greenish blue, one of the two. And I I actually think it's a little, to me, I think it's actually a little more appealing than the blue maze of Pac-Man. We we can call it teal. Teal. Okay. There you go. I do agree with the appealment of the color. Yeah, I like it better because it's, I think there's more of a, I I don't think it's as hard on the eyes as the blue is in Pac-Man. Yeah. Well, the thing is like- And I wear glasses, so. Like green is typically- I think officially recognizes the most easy on the eyes. So the yes. fact that it's a more greenish color kind of makes, might, might have something to do with it. I, mean, I don't know. Here's a fun uh, little fact. In uh, the Nightmare on Elm Street movies, you know why Wes Craven decided to give Freddy Krueger a uh, red and green sweater? Yes, let's move on. Yes, let's move on. Um, it's, because of the, it's because of the clashing of the colors creates a uh, dysfunction in the brain. It makes it a little scarier, apparently. 
uh, Wes Craven was a psychologist before he did, got into horror films. So anyway, so anyway, uh, next item here. Now, also, when the ghosts turn, turn blue uh, from eating a power pellet or something else, they shrink in size and they grow a stem so they look like an apple running around the maze. I don't know why they did that. I think it's actually kind of cute, but I still don't know why they did that. Now, when Pac-Man eats a power pellet, one of five things may randomly occur with equal probability. Oh, boy. All the ghosts will turn blue, as per normal. <clears throat> What's that? They're monsters. Oh, I'm sorry. It says monsters. so on the cabinet. Okay. When all the monsters will turn blue. Thank you, I'm sure. All but one of the monsters will turn blue. I've ha- and it happens more often than not where uh, the one that doesn't turn blue is the one that you're about to eat, and you end up dying. Kind of cheap. Oh, well, I've gotten the habit of not actually uh, trying to eat a ghost, or I'm sorry, a monster, after, right after eating a power pellet until I'm sure what happens. Uh, the next thing that could happen is the maze walls will turn invisible until the power pellet wears off. The maze walls and, and all the remaining dots turn invisible until the power pellet wears off. Or the vulnerable, go- vul- <laughs> or the vulnerable ghosts turn invisible until they flash white. You know, they're coming out of their vulnerability stage. So there's that. But however, there are also bonus. Now, first of all, for eating the ghosts while after eating a power pellet, the scoring is the same as in Pac-Man. Now, was it? 2, 4, 8, 1600, right? Yep. Uh, however, when you eat a bonus item, first of all, the bonus items are all changed in this game except for one. Uh, the bonus items are a can of Coca-Cola for 100 points. It's a can of some kind of cola. With, it, it, it looks like a Coke resembles can. resembles a Coca-Cola. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> second is a tropical drink of some sort. It, it looks like it could be lemonade. Uh, that starts in round two. That's 300 points. A pea pod start, that's in rounds three and four. That's 500 points. An apple, which is five and six, that's 700 points. Was apple in uh, Pac-Man? Yep. Okay, so there's there's more than one item. Yeah, 700 points in Pac-Man. So. Grapes are in this game. They're the bonus item for levels seven through eight, 1,000 points. Then a Galaxian, which is uh, levels nine through 10, 2,000 points. Uh, sliced bread, which there's no thing that's greater, uh, levels 11 through 12, 3,000 points. And level 13 and beyond, the bonus item is a stack of buttered pancakes for 5,000 points. And quite frankly... I find uh, hot buttered pancakes a lot more appetizing than a key. I don't really? Know, maybe that's just me. Uh, however, the bonus items also act as a power pellet. So when you eat a bonus item, the ghosts will turn vulnerable and invisible. So you can eat them, but they're invisible. That's one thing I do like about this game. If the ghosts do turn invisible, you can eat them. So you won't accidentally, you won't die a cheap death by running into one. You'll just eat them. I do right. think that's a, I think that was a good move on the creators of the, uh, the upgrade here. Um, however, when you eat a ghost, uh, after eating a bonus item, the points are doubled. So the first ghost is worth 400. The second Ah, is 800, third is 1600, and the fourth is 3200. Have you ever managed to get that 3200? No. (laughs) I don't think I have either. It's easier to get the higher points in Pac-Mania than it is in this game. Um, and in Pac-Mania, it goes up to like 64,000 or something. The bonus points get way up there in that one. Listen to the Pac-Mania episode, uh, if you will. So uh, a few notes here. Uh, The game was introduced as a quote-unquote official factory upgrade kit from what I, my research has been able to ascertain to stem the tide of bootleg and hacked Pac-Man machines. Mm-hmm. Uh, Namco was never involved with this. In fact, it caused, uh, it, it continued a rift, a rift between Bally Midway and Namco. In other words, this was a purely Bally Midway creation. 
And until recently, there were no home versions, no official home versions of this game uh, other than um, some modern Pac-Man compilations, mostly like plug-and-play right. units, that sort of thing. Yeah. There are no classic home ports of this game, as you may have surmised from my thing there, with the one exception. Bob D. Crescenzo, a.k.a. Pac-Man Plus, did a... did before um, he did the Pac-Man collection, did create Pac-Man Plus. And eventually he just wrapped that into the Pac-Man collection thing. I don't know how many of those he made made available, but uh, at the time he did that, I was actually out of a job. Which, the, I, coincidences of coincidences, I might actually be out of a job before too long. Myself. Again. <laughs> um, you know how many times you've said that in the course of this podcast? In the yeah, past but this time, it's, this time it's serious. Uh, all of our tasks, except for two, have been outsourced to a company called, well, I won't say the name of it, but they've been all outsourced, and my last remaining task is uh, the next one on the chopping block. We are the only four technicians left in our company, so that tells you anything. They were all outsourced to other companies. So, yeah. So, anyway, um, so when I was out of work back then, uh, uh, Bob DiCrescenzo was a very nice guy, and he, uh, well, was, he still is, but he he was nice then, too. And he sent me a copy of it, and I got a copy here in a nice clear cart case. It's really neat, and uh, thank you for that, Bob. I've told him thank you over the years, and I have actually uh, asked him if it was okay to bring up the situation with behind it on uh, on the podcast, and he gave me my blessing to do that. So, so yeah, there you go. It's uh, it's it's Pac Man with a few upgrades. Oh yeah, and uh, Pac and uh, Pac Man's faster too. Yeah. Oh, you know why? Why is that? Well, not just Pac-Man, but the monsters, well, yes. too. The gameplay is faster. It's, it's because... Oh, it part... starts on a later level. Yeah, exactly. Yes, that's true. I forgot about that. Yes. I don't know what level? That... I don't know. Do you, do you know? I do level? not know. Ah. Well, I will say this. The very first place I played this game was at the uh, 7-Eleven on Caton Farm Road. I don't think it was in Crest Hill at the time. I think it was unincorporated Will County, but uh, I think it's either Crest Hill or Joliet now. It did have a Joliet mailing address. And as I've mentioned about the 7-Eleven before, it's long gone. It's It was a printing place, but I think it's something else now. Last time I was by there was in the last year or so. I can't remember what it was now. But yeah, the 7-Eleven is long gone. Sad. I used oh. to love going into the 7-Eleven. They, every 7-Eleven had a little corner where they had like four to five video games. And they're usually like two or three of the very, very popular machines at the time. And then the the other machines were were something that uh, were not so common, but were still fun to play all the same. Every 7-Eleven I ever went to was like that, and that was so awesome. Man, I miss that. Yeah, people wonder why we talk about the golden age of the arcades. That's why. It really was a golden age. It really was. I'm not just saying that because I'm getting old. All right, well, maybe I am. Getting old. I am old. I'm going to be over 50 tomorrow. um, That's your hang-up. Yeah, that's my hang-up. So, speaking of hanging up, I'm going to hang up my uh, talking right here and ask you what you think of the game. Uh, I'm not a fan. <gasps> as big a Pac-Man fan as I am, I really don't like this version of it. To me, it's just a very hasty hack. They just changed, a little, changed the graphics a little bit. Yeah. And the, the whole thing about disappearing mazes, disappearing monsters, all they did for that, from what my knowledge of programming is... All they did was just change a couple of lines of code, not even maybe even a couple of bites, lines, maybe. but you know, just bites and that's yeah. it. The maze is present. It's always present once the, right. Uh, once it's defined. Yeah. 
it's one thing to define the maze. It's another to turn it on for the player to see. Turn the color on and off, right. Exactly, exactly. So it's just a quick, hasty thing. Oh, it's, I, only, it's only less sloppy than your Hangley Mans and those, really. It's, it's just... Well, it was done on purpose to stem the tide of hacks and that and to give uh, arcade operators and machine owners a legal route to upgrade the machine into something... Uh, something different, uh, all <laughs> different, but the same, I guess. Weird phrase, but that's well, <laughs> absolutely the truth here. So yes, you're. I, I agree with you. You're right. It is. It is. It is hastily put together because they were trying to stem the tide and they wanted something until until Ms. Pac-Man came up. Because I this did come out. Yeah, this did come out before Ms. Pac-Man. Yeah, it, it came out. It came out after Ms. Pac-Man, but before Super Pac-Man. Oh, did it? I thought it was the other way yes. around. I thought it came no. out before Ms. Pac-Man. No, Ms. Pac-Man came out first. Oh. Interesting. Yeah. Well, that, that makes less sense then. Yeah, but I think it's, be, well, yeah, it's because of your Hangley Mans and that Popeye right. variation and stuff, which makes me th- say this. Frank Zappa had a similar situation that he faced. Oh? That there are all these Frank Zappa bootleg albums. His solution to that, release them himself, right down to the to the artwork. Didn't go back to the master tapes or anything. He just took the existing bootlegs and put them out himself <laughs> in a series called Beat the Boots. Nice. Now, Midway, if they were that concerned about Pac-Man knockoffs, then they should have just beaten uh, Nito, uh, which is Hot Tin spelled backwards, at their own game and put out their own Hangley Man, which yeah. would be the exact same thing, and maybe put in uh, a menu where you can make some certain settings when you select a game. Instead of just, get, I mean, really, the only thing that I truly like about Pac-Man Plus, exciting new Pac-Man Plus, excuse me, is the marquee. I love the marquee so much. It's a, it definitely real, has it's a, a very marquee. nice looking marquee. Definitely has fact, a great one. I just, I, just might, I just might buy a Pac-Man Plus marquee just, to, just as a decoration. I do love the marquee. I love the little Pac-Man. There's like two Pac-Man on it, and they're like all happy or something. And they're like, one's like sitting on the logo, I believe. So what will you rate this game? I think I know. What do you think? I'm thinking you're going to say a two. Actually, yeah, I I was going to say a two. Are you still going to say a two? Yeah, I still am. Yeah. And had you gone back to nine-year-old Sean, I would have said, oh, I love it. Just simply because it's a Pac-Man game. That's not Professor (laughs) Pac-Man. But no. But no, now that I know more about how... Because, like, you and I, like, we've had decades since then to learn about how people program and stuff. So now we know how, like, how really sloppy this this kind of thing is. Mm -hmm. Or how, it's just, okay, big deal. So we we made a couple of switches in the code, and boom, new game. Well, I think the logic behind the, uh, behind the, the handling of the ghosts is a lot more complicated than that. How so? I'm not a programmer. It doesn't seem to me as it would be as easy as turning the color on and off on the maze, though. I mean, well, okay, more I will give it. I will give him this that might consider bumping me up to a three is that I do believe the artificial intelligence on the monsters or monsters. Remember? Oh, yes. They I think they tweaked the artificial intelligence so that you can't really pattern this game. Not true. Um, not true. Not true. They did. They did tweak. It does seem to me that they did tweak the intelligence, and there are patterns that you can use for it. But the patterns I've seen so far only get you so far through the game because of the randomness of what happens with the power pellets. Ah. 
but you can use patterns to at least get two-thirds of the way through a maze. So there is that. Uh, I was just looking that up today. I haven't really looked into it in depth, but uh, yes, that is a thing. Hmm. Now, I'm going to rate this game a four. <laughs> really? Why? Uh, I re- this is probably my fate. one of my... Well, it's probably not my favorite version of Pac-Man, but it's my favorite. It's one of my favorite versions. Uh, I think the speed up makes the game go uh, a lot faster. I like that. The- I agree. In fact, I've noticed, but like when I I played this at uh, Aladdin's Castle at Lincoln Mall, there were there were maybe one or two times when I played Pac-Man Plus at Lincoln Mall, and then Pac-Man, and I noticed the difference. It's like okay, yeah, I do kind of like how Pac-Man Plus starts mm-hmm. a little faster. Here, when you're playing Pac-Man, you got to advance a few levels, and you know you might not have that kind of patience. I think one thing, I, I, and I've been thinking about this: why a game like Pac-Man or Ms. Pac-Man or Junior Pac or whatever that has a speed-up hack to it, why those, why I think those games are more fun, at least to me, the speed, the sped-up ones, is because sometimes it's like when when a game is too slow, you're not thinking as fast. Your brain's a little lazier. I guess is the way to put it. If it's sped up, you have to think a little more. And it, the more you think about what you're doing, where everything is in the maze, where to turn or whatever, uh, I think it makes the game a little more exciting because of that reason. So that's one reason I like that. But the random elements, I think, keep this coming back to me. I had heard when this came out, though, and I have not been able to find this, but I heard that this game actually from time to time when the maze was blacked out, had like a random element where it placed a blockade in the maze, so you couldn't get through it. I've never been able to find a Pac-Man, a Pac-Man variant that actually had that. So that I that that article I read, which I can't remember the magazine off the top of my head, was uh, either wrong or they were not playing Pac-Man Plus. So there are so many hacks of Pac-Man uh, that <laughs> you could probably play a full game, you know, every ten minutes out of a day and still not have played them all by the end of the week. I mean, well, maybe not that bad, but uh, there's a whole crap ton of them. And you'll probably, you know, miss a lot of them if you do play through them all. So, yeah, I'm writing this a four. I like this one. One of my one of my favorite Pac-Man variations. How about we uh, address a feedback that we got? Uh, do we have scores for Pac-Man Plus? <laughs> uh, moment. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. I forgot shit. something. Well, it's... um hilarious that you ask because yes we do uh the uh twin galaxies highest score on record is david race who submitted his uh high score attempt on dvd and it was uh oh that's interesting it, it now it now says when it was submitted as opposed to when it was uh certified it said it was submitted july 28th 2013 and his score was three million four hundred sixty six thousand six hundred and I'm guessing you can't get much higher than that, simply because it because this is a hack of Pac-Man. Pac-Man Plus is prone to the uh, reset bug. Yes, the and 256 level. Yep. And because it starts a few levels in, it's going to happen earlier. Yeah, it is, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And according to Orcade.com, the highest score listed on that uh, is... Much lower than that. It's from uh, Stephen Lucas, who on December 31st, 2018, scored 720,960 points. Ouch. And that's at the Ghost. Did I say it was a Galloping Ghost? I but yeah, it's did. a Galloping Ghost. Yeah. Yeah, Galloping Ghost. Oh, they have it at uh, Joysticks at Clutter. That's right. They do, don't they? 
Yes, they do, don't they? I haven't been there in a while. And that's just like a mile or two from my house. Maybe two, yeah. maybe three miles. And they only have a, a few games in the back, but uh, I have to rock their burger time machine again. Ah. I've been getting good at that game. But anyway, uh, should we um, should we address our feedback? Yes, let's address the feed, the, the, the feed, uh, feedback. All right. Uh, would you like to kick it off there, Jim? Yes. Please do. Mm-mm. This is from our friend Eugenio, or Trek MD as he is known. Um, Saludos, mi amigos. I don't. Yeah. He starts it out in, uh, in. Oh, hi, my friends. Yes. Hi, my friends. Yes. <clears throat> That's how he has saludos, there. mi amigos. Uh, you should be receiving this email in time for episode 101. We actually got this uh, just before episode 100 uh, hit the hit the stands, I believe. Um, yeah. You should be receiving this email in time for episode 101, a number that has become one of my favorites. Okay. I'm kind of curious why now. So there you mm-hmm. are. Uh, by the way, congratulations on reaching and surpassing 100 episodes of the podcast. Well, thank you very much, uh, Eugenio. It has been fun listening to you guys talk about the many arcade games that have been covered and learning about some games I didn't know existed. One of those games is... Tinkle Pit, which you have yet to no. find a machine for at the retro events I've been to. And there's a reason for that, but... Uh, in any case, how about I start giving you feedback for the games on this episode? Pac-Man okay. Plus. Let me start by saying that Bob uh, DiCrescenzo is a superb guy. Who He goes by the handle of Absolutely. Pac-Man Plus. Um, he is a great... He is... He, okay. Um, he is... People say he's a great guy. Uh, he's an awesome guy. But uh, to be fair, I don't think people really know how great or awesome of a guy he is. Um, yeah. uh, take your expectations and times it by 10 minimum. That's what I would say. Mm. But um, He has single-handedly kept the 7800 alive with all the games he has made for the system. And he continues to surprise us with how arcade accurate his ports are. I'm eagerly waiting to get his latest game on cart format, Baby Pac-Man. But wait! Oh, man. That's not the Pac-Man plus you're talking about, right? You're talking about the arcade game released in 1982 by Bally Midway. This game is nearly identical to the original Pac-Man, but there are various changes to elements in the games in the game to raise the challenge. The basic gameplay is the same. However, the maze is now green. Ghosts not only turn blue when Pac-Man eats an energizer, and they also are not as tall and have what looks like a flag coming out of their heads. And the bonus items have been changed in both appearance and behavior. Indeed. Instead of mostly fruits, the game has a Coke, a Coke can, a drinking glass, green peas, sliced bread, purple grapes, and a stack of pancakes, among others. Now I want pancakes. Uh, when you eat these, the ghosts turn blue and invisible, which doubles their point value if caught. Heck, eating the energizers may not even turn all the ghosts blue either. In fact, it may make the maze itself invisible. I did see the game in the arcade back in the day and had plenty of fun playing it. I still see this game today at retro events, and it is even included in the arcade machine at the car wash I go. I love sitting there while I wait for my car to get washed, playing this and the other games in the machine. When it comes to home versions, I'm glad to say that Bob has actually brought the plus mode to the Pac-Man games on his Pac-Man collection for the Atari 7800. You can just select it on the option menu and have some fun playing uh, plus mode. Now, if I'm not mistaken, isn't there a uh, Ms. Pac-Man plus hack for the arcade? Yeah, there is. Okay, I was going to say, because that's actually part of the Pac-Man collection for the 7800 is Ms. Pac-Man plus, which... uh, Unfortunately, I don't have much experience with that, but uh, from what little I've played of it, I really like a lot. But uh, I'm going to have to get back to that one. So, um, yes. Sean, you may uh, c- continue. Oh, may I? You may. You may. Head on to this one I have never seen in the arcade, though I have seen the original head on and played it. Heck, I've even seen Crash, which was made by Exidy and is a clone of the original game. 
The clone I'm most familiar with, though, is Dodgem on the Atari 2600. This was one of the first titles I got for the console back in the day, and I loved it. Played it tons and got pretty good at it, too. It wasn't until decades later that I learned this was originally an arcade game and that Atari had created a port, uh, finger quotes there, of it with another name. The 2600 version has the same gameplay of the original game, and the maze is even the same, but it does something different from other 2600 games of its time. It has a black background. Head-on, the original that is, uses a blue background. So, I, oh man, I have an observation about that. So I'm guessing Atari wanted to avoid Sega's attorneys. Personally, I prefer how Dodgem looks with its black background, pink maze, and blue and yellow cars. It sounds like a Lucky Charms thing right there. Uh, Head-on 2 I've never seen, as I said before, but it looks to be pretty much the same game with a change in the maze. Looks like Nintendo released it as Head-on N, though, after licensing it from Sega. Well, thank you for that info. Uh, I have to see if I can find it when I go to PRGE this year, bastard, as I'd love to give it a try. <laughs> the change in the maze would make it a bit more challenging than the original game. Not that the original wasn't challenging enough. Here's to 100 more episodes, guys. Keep up the good work. Going to the Final Frontier Gaming. Dot, 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 Eugenio. Thank you, Eugenio. Thank you. That is interesting, though, that the original... He's right. The original head-on, blue background. The next head-on, head-on two, black background, blue walls. It's like... Yeah, that is... And think about that. Like Pac-Man from the arcade to Pac-Man to the 2600. <laughs> Let's think about that for a sec. Okay, time's up. Actually, I thought about it for a couple of seconds. I hope you don't mind okay. No, that's fine. That's fine. That's interesting there, but yeah. But yeah, I, I, I can't imagine a lot of people have seen this one. And in fact, um, I uh, do you have anything to say in response to uh, Eugenio's thoughts on Head-On 2? I do not. Yeah, I totally forgot about the uh, Nintendo, but yeah, thank you for, for reminding me of that, uh, Eugenio. I might as well talk about where I first saw and played Head-On 2. I first played... I might as well talk about where I first played each of these games. I first saw and played Head-On 2 at the Kroger store in Bourbonnais, where I was living. Uh, the Kroger store that currently exists in Bourbonnais, Illinois, is not the original Kroger that was there. It actually moved up the road a little bit. Yep. Actually, the, the new Kroger is Kitty Corner from the old one. Catter Corner. Kitty Corner. Catter Corner. Nope. Yep. Look it up in the dictionary. In this part of the Midwest, it's Kitty Corner. That's what I was always told it's it wrong. was, and so that's what I'm saying. It's Catter Corner. Boom. I heard about it in Autobiography of a Schnook, a podcast that you have praised multiple times. Ergo, it must be correct. Not all the so, time. Yes. So people have praised our, all that. Pe people have praised um, Pie Factory. We're not go right. On to, um, let's see. I When you walked into the Kroger, if you turned left and went all the way to the left, there were usually two arcade games there. And the first that I remember, there was a Crazy Kong in a really weird-looking cabinet. Hmm. And the other machine was a Sega 2-in-1. It was Deep Scan and Head-On 2. And something that I remember about both of those games is the sounds were incredible, especially Deep Scan. I mean, they sounded realistic. But I usually played Deep Scan when I was lucky enough to play that machine, but uh -huh. I think once or twice I tried Head-On 2. And something I didn't like about that, though, was that Head-On 2 and that machine didn't have any sound to it for some oh, reason. Oh, that Deep sucks. Scan did. But it, it sucks was still when you're playing cool an arcade to... when you're playing an arcade game and you can't hear the sound, especially if it's something like Gyrus where it's like all sound. Oh, Gyrus, yeah. You have yeah, to have absolutely. a loudspeaker for that one, but yeah. Anyway. And and again, I'm thinking, wait, isn't this Dodgem? 
Because I never actually owned Dodge, believe it or not. I didn't either, but I had played it actually, at like, I think I my it cousin's now? house, and I loved Dodge. It's one of my favorites on the cons- on the 2600. Yeah, I don't think I own it now. Huh. But <laughs> anyway, so um, as for Pac-Man Plus, I first played and saw that at the Kroger store in uh, Bourbon Hay. Well, that sounds like a theme. That sounds like a theme, doesn't it? Yeah. People probably thought, oh, the theme is probably dot clearing. No, the theme was games that I first played at a Kroger store. This is basically the new version of uh, Hunk? games that I played at Hunk's Pancake House. But uh, yeah, I'm trying to think of a theme that I can do. I haven't done a theme like that in a while. Hmm. But I have played Pac-Man Plus at other arcades, like uh, like I said before, the Aladdin's Castle at Lincoln Mall, and I know I've played it at uh, Galloping Ghost. Mm-hmm. I believe it's in a two in one. I believe Doc has that set up uh, inside a Pac Man machine. Huh. One of those things where you flip a switch. Oh, where, where yeah, two, I think has, you're right. I think you're right. He has yeah. two boards in the same uh, cabinet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you're right on that. If he could, I know Doc would love to have everything in their own cabinet, but it's just oh, like he, that's, space. Oh, yeah. He's, he's said before multiple times yeah. that that's his ultimate goal. Yeah, it's just an issue of space. And yeah. some games are more important to get out on the floor than some are to uh, divide. Yeah. Like yeah. Pac-Man Plus and Pac-Man, that's you know forgivable two machines in one in one game. But if you had a choice of either putting, let's say, oh I don't know, iRobot out on the floor versus uh, splitting Pac-Man Pac-Man Plus, of course you're going to put iRobot out on the floor. Uh, yeah. Not saying he has it. He, I'm pretty sure he. I don't know if he does or not. Uh, it hasn't been an announced if, game. Yeah. If he does, he hasn't told us. Yeah. I'm sure he's got more than the one warehouse. Yeah. He Doc, us. Doc, <laughs> Doc has done a lot for us, but he's never really told us what he has that's not already on the floor. The only thing I, th- he told us at one time he was working on getting a Beavis and Butthead machine. He did, yeah. He actually and said that he, on the podcast. He, he did, and he did say that he had Tinkle Pit, but we thought that was a we joke. We thought he was lying. He, we thought us. he was lying, but he would <laughs> turned out turned out he wasn't. Uh, I just yeah. hope they get that up and going again. I want oh, to still yeah. want to play it in the cabinet. It might be. Uh, the thing is, like, neither of us have been there in, in, in a few weeks about at a least. Month, yeah. So yeah, but hey, should we just uh, move on with things? Yeah, I All think right. we should. Well, they, hey, then, hey, and I'm going to take this opportunity to thank our Patreon sponsors. For one thing, I especially want to thank Richard Grounds, who pointed out in our previous episode that our podcast went zero days without mentioning E.T. Oh, and yeah, So he's right. probably going to point it out again now because of this. So uh, thank you, Richard, and thank you for your kind support of us. And thank you also to Richard Valdez and Steve Steiner and Tim Foley and D. Alex and Airshack and Kyle Etter and Michael D'Angelo and Christian Williams, and Underground Retrocade, and Greg Paulander, and Nate Lockhart, and Franco Dragon, and Atari Bytes, and Art Guglielmo, and New Balance Stores Phoenix, and Rory Coleman, and Kurt oh, Musgrave. By Thank the way, you all so much. Um, Rory Charles Coleman has the same birthday as me, so happy birthday to oh, you. Oh, happy, hey! Yeah. And we, uh, were in the same, uh, we were in the same class in high school. Oh, really? Okay. All right. That's, that's, uh... Um, a thing, I suppose. It sure and, is. Uh, yeah, so uh, thank you all of you for supporting us. And uh, if you would like to also help us pay some bills, uh, that information will be coming to you soon, courtesy of our booth announcer. Or if you just want to provide us with hookers and blow. I just love sure. that phrase. <laughs> I just love that so phrase. So I've noticed. All right, yeah. that's going to be a new column in our statistics. Like number Hooker, of times Hookers and make, blow. Number of times you mentioned hookers and blow. Yeah, which actually yeah, hasn't so, been uh, as much as... Uh, I noticed I haven't been saying the... Uh, I should look that up a lot over the last year or two. Not as much as the early days. Oh, yeah. I haven't been saying that as much, so. Anyway, what are we going to talk about uh, for the next episode? 
Well, I think what we'll talk about for the next episode is uh, we'll talk about uh, two games. And oh. one of them is uh, a one-word game, and that is Looping. And the other game will be a two-word game, and that will be Space Panic. Interesting. Yes, interesting. What will the conclusion be? Oh. Uh, games that I first played on an Apple II computer. No, that's not it. So, oh. all right. So that's it. Yeah, We're done. That's today. it. So, yay, yay. Factory Podcast so, episode 101 is in the house. Is that what the they hi- say? The hizzy, I think. Isn't it the hizzy? Oh, okay. yeah. I don't know. We're out of the hizzy, actually. Now. I, I don't know. But, um, but hey, thanks, everybody. Thanks yeah. for listening. Thanks for the kind words. Thanks for the 100 years of support. And just in, on the off chance this episode gets out in time, which it probably won't, uh, Jimmy G and I and our friend Keith, whose name you might have heard in the past few minutes, we will be at, uh, what the heck is that thing we're going to be at? Vintage Computer Festival Midwest. I believe it's in Elk Grove Village, Illinois. Not at York and Roosevelt Roads, where you always save more money. We save more money. But uh, we're going to be there just as regular looky-loos. We don't have a booth or anything, but hey, look nope. Look for uh, people who are perfect for podcasting in terms of their appearance, and that's pretty much us. The face for radio. Yeah, a couple of tall people, so yeah. All right, so uh, stay fresh, cheese bags. Yep. From whence? For, ooh, there we are. Bye-bye. This episode of the Pie Factory Podcast was edited and produced by Hyde St. Pierre. Opening and closing theme is The Happy L, composed by Sean Courtney. Love theme from Addenda and Arata was composed by Jim Goebel. Follow the Pie Factory Podcast online via Facebook, on Twitter at Pie Factory PFP, or on PieFactoryPodcast.com. Support the show at Patreon.com slash Podcast. I had a cold, but something came back. To, I think it's allergies. Allergy. Oh yeah, you, with the way it's been lately, that doesn't surprise me. And what kills me? What kills me here is uh, the wife and I went to San Diego a couple of years ago, and I caught a cold right <laughs> like a couple of days before the flight. So I was in San Diego with a cold <laughs> last year. I had some other problem when we went to San Diego. Damn it! I want to be healthy once to go to San Diego, and, th- and we're leaving next next week in '06, uh, and we went to Vegas. And I got a cold a few weeks before, but I can't got, got over it real fast. But my uh, cough lingered, and I was coughing the entire trip. And I've oh, got a couple of stories there. One, we were in front of, what is the place? The Fashion Show Mall. They got like this oh, gigantic, yeah. they got that gigantic, uh, it's like, imagine Chicago's Cloud Gate, uh, the bean, except larger and it floating in the air. And uh, we're standing under that, and I had a coughing fit, and I'm like coughing, can barely talk, barely breathe. I'm like leaning on my knees, coughing over in pain because you cough a lot. I mean, you can it, it hurts. Yeah. And damn if a timeshare hawker doesn't come up to me and start trying to sell me a timeshare while I'm coughing. And I tell him, <coughs> go away. <coughs> and he goes, oh, I know when I'm not wanted. Doesn't even offer freaking help. Does not, doesn't oh, yeah, offer. Those, time, those timeshare people get really, really I hate attitudinal. <laughs> I, want to get a tie, I want to get a T-shirt made up. Uh, where next time I go to Vegas, if it'll ever happen again. And it says, what's the difference between a timeshare hawker and a prostitute? I'm interested in the prostitute. <laughs> I think it's like the last several times my wife and I had been there, we didn't see any of those timeshare people. Really? They yeah. may have clamped down on that somewhat because when Might we have. went there, uh, they were all over. They're like waiting in the, the show waiting area at Fitzgerald's. They're on top of the freaking stratosphere tower, like right when you get off the elevator. Uh, uh, they were they were freaking everywhere. They were more ubiquitous than the porn slappers. Yeah, they're still there. The porn slappers? Oh, yeah. They're oh, always yeah. there. But um, getting back to Pac-Man Plus. <laughs>